turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. And we're back. <clears throat> wow. Feel free to call us, 216-901-0945. That is the right number here, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 216-901-0945. Get my uh, phone numbers confused in my head there. But uh, like the man said, this is Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon, 1420. Also available as a podcast on 955thefish.com. So I'd like to give a shout out to all those listeners. Uh, if you hear something here you'd like to hear again, you can always go there and download it. You can go to my website and download it as well. And uh, by the way, I did update the website. Uh, I think I was behind, I don't know, three or four weeks. Uh, I updated that last week, so all the past shows are up there too. And uh, got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. I was uh, I, I ran a model. In fact, uh, it, it's I've been running it now for uh, close to a little over a year. And uh, I just did some more research on it just to be able to put together a little paper that I'm going to make available online uh, to anybody. And I was thinking about calling it uh, Win by Losing. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good title or not, but uh, uh, what I mean by that was uh, this model that I'm running. And a model, for those of you that are new, is basically a set of guidelines that are going to help you manage uh, a, a portion of your portfolio. So let's say you decide I have $10,000 or I have $100,000, whatever the number is, and I want to invest it, I'm going to use a particular style or model, uh, or I'm going to find a fund, or I'm going to find an investment advisor that uses these things. And uh, a model is basically a set of criteria that you're going to use to tell you when to buy, when to sell, and how much. So it answers all the questions. Uh, Actually, there's another question that answers what to buy or sell, when to buy it, when to sell it, and how much. That, that's what a model does. It tells you all those things. Some of the more popular models would be the uh, Russell 1000. It would also be the uh, S&P 500. Those are models. Those are basically models and that represent various sectors of the stock market. And uh, you can have, you can do almost... Anything you want, actually. Not that you should, but 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 you can. And I'm going to talk about this model uh, just because I think it's it's really a, a good idea. Uh, it's it's very challenging to do from a psychological standpoint, uh, but it's also been very successful. 
And um, I do have a phone call coming in right away, so I'll take a break from this. Go to the phone. The answer, uh, uh, we'll come back to these answers in just a second. And also, I just wanted to let everybody know, I did give the uh, laptop away that I promised. And I'm going to have another one to give away at the next workshop. Uh, HP, by the way, had is was discontinuing this model of laptops. And so I got a really good deal on them. Uh, I'm going to give one away at the next, uh, probably the next three or four workshops that we do. Um, because I think it's a really good tool. We'll come back to that as well. But right now I'm going to go to Brent. And Brent, you have a question or comment for me? Hey, Bill, Brent, how are you this morning? Good. Hey, just want to talk about investor psychology. And I can tell with your experience and temperament, I just wanted you to kind of talk about that okay. and how it can benefit the general investor out here in, you know, John Q. Public. Right. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, that, that that's a great idea. Yeah. In fact, uh, a big part of what I was talking about with this model uh, has to do with investor psychology because it's really the psychology that's most important. Every, the investing success, and I'm, I'm sure you've probably heard this before, but it's mostly between your ears. <laughs> Whether or not you're going to be successful is how you think about things. And I know some people are listening to that and going, oh, that's just psychobabble. Nope. <laughs> it's real. It's a thing. <laughs> and uh, having the uh, the right temperament is a big part of understanding what you're doing and why. You know, why are you doing it? Why do you own XYZ company? Well, because it's got all this criteria. Why do you not own the other company? Because it, it has this criteria, which makes it dangerous. I'll give you a real quick example. Netflix. I love Netflix. I, that service is phenomenal. The stock, not so much. <laughs> so I really love the company. The stock, nah. The, uh, and when you look at how richly that company is valued, I'm obviously not the only one that loves that company. And the other people are voting with their dollars by pushing the stock way beyond the point that it makes any economic sense whatsoever. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that, does that make sense, kind of? But... Well, I mean, another thing, like there was an article this morning in one of the publications in Barron's, and it talked about three stocks that seem to be largely forgotten and really unloved. And, you know, the first being, and they've mentioned it on your show, is Procter & Gamble. Yeah. I, got, I own that personally, by the way. And I even took that. Aside from any of my models, I just put it in a, I opened up a regular brokerage account. I'm calling it the Procter & Gamble account. <laughs> so I have a Procter & Gamble account. <laughs> and every month I'm adding a little bit of money to that, to that stock because I really like that company. And financially, I think it makes perfect sense. And the dividend yield, I think, is right around 4%. 4%. They've raised yeah. that dividend for, for decades. The uh, so it said sixty two years in a row. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that that would be a classic example of something that I really really like from a, an emotional standpoint. But I'm looking at the the math, the fact that its price to sales ratio is just slightly over the S and P's long term average, and it deserves to be there. It actually deserves to be higher than that, as far as I'm concerned. 
and uh, I read about the products that they have. You know, Tide. I just did a load of laundry on my way into to the radio show, and I used a couple of packets of Tide. <laughs> we use their stuff all the time. The uh, the fact that they've been so successful for so long, uh, and the way that they go about doing it, uh, see, and that stuff. That's part of the story, by the way. the The numbers justify the purchase, and it's in a quite a few of the funds that I own. But uh, I just really like that company, and uh, that's a psychological thing. And I and I know that's because it's a stock. It could go down forty or fifty percent, no sweat, because all stocks do, at some point in time. At some point in time, the stock that you love is going to be down fifty percent or more. And if you can't get uh, your arms around that, then you probably do like Warren Buffett said and stay out of stocks. But the uh, reality is, you're probably going to need to be in stocks to be able to make a decent return. So that you don't have to go back to work during retirement. Because I know that's what everybody wants to do, right? Go back to work at, when you're 80. <laughs> but, thanks, uh, Bill. Have a great day. Hey, great show. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. And I'm going to go to John. John, you have a question or comment? Hey, Bill. Hey. Uh, one or, there's a stock I'd like you to check the tea leaves on and see what you have your comments about it. It's uh, Oak Tree Capital Group, LLC. The... Um, ticker is OAK. Okay. The uh, I'll actually probably I'll see if I can pull it up here really quickly. It depends on how quick my internet connection is. Sometimes it slows down on me. And what's the symbol again? OAK. Okay. Here comes up Oak Oak Tree Capital Group, and I'm going to go to their website right now. They're uh, looks like they're out of Phoenix. And I'm just going to the website. Mission delivers superior investment results. Where it's going to conduct business highest integrity investment philosophy. Huh. The uh, oh, these are uh, um. The, are they? Is this a mutual fund complex? I don't think so. No, it's it's a stock. Oh, credit strategies. Okay, they're they're making loans. They're doing. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 That's it. That that's high. That's interesting. So they had a, a billion and a half in revenue. Uh, the past 12 months, the market cap is $6.2 billion, which puts it at four times its annual revenue. I can tell you for that industry, that's a little bit high. Um, that's not super yeah. high, uh, but yeah. it, it's a little bit high. The uh, The profit yeah. margin, uh, net profit margin last 12 months was 15.6. That's net after tax, by the way. So, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, that's really good. Um, their revenue growth, it was up about 16%. Uh, the dividend yield nine point six five. They're they're paying out nearly everything they make in the yeah. dividend. So basically, well, that's what why you, I bought the stock because of that nine point six. Yeah, five. that that's yeah. a that's a little bit. Uh, um, just don't be surprised if it goes down. Um, they're interest rate sensitive. It's, all stocks go down. It doesn't matter. The uh, sooner or later, uh, every stock goes down. Uh, the stock. Peaked up around fifty-eight bucks or sixty-one dollars back in two thousand fourteen. It's right around thirty-nine yeah. now. Now a, a high-risk lender that that business, by the way, um, is very profitable, and but it's also got a lot of risk to it. It's kind of like flying on a jet. You know, a, a jet is pretty safe way to fly most of the time, uh, unless they have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you have a small problem on a jet. 
you know the uh wow that's that that ain't good uh and yeah, that, that's right. kind of like these guys that that's what happens most of the time it's a very good business most of the time it'll be extremely profitable but if yeah. they ever if they ever have yeah. a problem it ain't good you know what i'm saying yeah. so so I, I wouldn't put a tremendous amount of money in that uh i'd put yeah. a small amount of money in there and then uh I, yeah so, yeah and hope for the best yeah. yep Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Bill. I appreciate hey, it. Thanks for calling. <laughs> You're welcome. Have a good weekend. Yes, sir. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yep. And uh, that's one of the reasons, you know, um, you know you're know, you not supposed to uh, mention or make recommendations on stocks. And uh, by the way, I, I wrote about Procter & Gamble in a little paper that I sent out on uh, earnings yield. And I sent it out to everybody to come up to a couple seminars. And we'll be talking about it, you know, the earnings yield thing going forward. Um, and, I, and actually, I've got uh, multiple ways of looking at that same thing, and they're, they're doing similar things. So we'll talk about all those. And uh, we are going to – I got to find somebody, by the way, who can – I think I might have located somebody who can do the record-keeping for putting together an investment club because I'm going to form that. I think it's going to be fun, uh, really fun. But I can't do the paperwork. I mean, I can show up and contribute to the meetings, uh, set the guidelines – do all that kind of stuff. The uh, heck, I'm even going to pay the guy to, to do the uh, uh, accounting for the investment club. And this is the kind of stuff we're going to do because I, I just really like this. I mean, this is one of the few hobbies in the world where you can make money. Most hobbies cost you money. Some hobbies cost you a whole lot of money, especially if your hobby involves the opposite sex. The uh, That can cost you an enormous amount of money. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The uh, Kind of. But... Uh, uh, anyway, we'll be looking at these kinds of things. So Procter & Gamble, by the way, $66 billion in revenue. Market cap's $184 billion. That's right around three uh, uh, three times sales. Not unusual, particularly for somebody with a profit margin of 15% net after tax over the past 12 months. And their average is somewhere between 10 and 15 long term. So it's right around where it normally is. They've been shedding some of their lines that are not as profitable, which is what a good business management uh, team does. They take a look at the businesses that they're in. If any are suffering uh, and they don't think they can repair that, they have an obligation to shut that down. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't like to hear that. And I understand. But if you are staying in businesses that are costing you money, you know that, that's not what you hire a management team to do. You hire them to uh, swallow hard, do the right thing, and, and cut back or, or exit certain businesses that that are not profitable anymore. And I look at my own practice. There are a lot of things that we used to do that we don't do anymore because they're just not profitable. So uh, anyway, all this stuff has to do with uh, um, investing, developing your mindset. Uh, as the caller called in and talked about, you know, investing is, is really it's a psychological ex- experiment. You have to design some sort of a framework for yourself. Uh, it doesn't have to be complicated. In fact, you're, you're more uh, likely to be successful if your strategies aren't that complicated. Like I'll give you a couple of examples. You know, the Russell 1000 is an index comprised of the, the largest 1,000 companies by size. They invest in those companies proportional to the size that the company makes up of the, if you add them all together, if you added the values of all the companies together and let's say XYZ companies, 3% of the total, well, they put 
into that company. It's called market cap weighting. That's the strategy. That strategy does incredibly well. Over time, it's done very well. The, uh, despite the fact that you're putting more money into the bigger companies just because they're bigger. That, in, in my mind, that's okay, but it makes me a little bit uncomfortable because then you get companies like Netflix who are receiving uh, a larger-than-average share of that index or that strategy or that portfolio because they're so big and it doesn't have anything to do with the value. It's just the share price. See, that, that to me makes me uncomfortable. So I'll never be successful investing that way because I'm uncomfortable investing that way. And when it goes down 40 or 50%, I'm going to be kicking myself and saying, you know, I knew I shouldn't have done that and all the other things that we all do when uh, something like that happens. And I'd rather do something that makes more sense to me. And I'll give an example. We start off by talking about uh, a strategy that I did a little research on, had been running some money with, uh, made a slight adjustment here lately. Not lately, it's uh, about mm, almost a year ago now. And uh, this strategy ranks the top 1,500 companies instead of the top 1,000. And out of those top 1,500 companies, I take those that have the uh, highest level of operating income relative to the amount that you would pay for buying the entire business. Now, let me say that in English for you. If you were the owner of that company, you're taking those companies that are generating the most cash per dollar that you're paying. So and if you're thinking about it, and you can even convert it into a yield by dividing that estimate of cash flow by the cost of buying the business, which we call the enterprise value. So you can convert that into a yield, and now you can compare one company to another company. Which, so if you compare two companies and you get a, a yield of 10% on one, and another one's only yielding 5%, which one do you want to own? Obviously, the 10%. Now, that makes perfect sense to me. I am so comfortable with that. You're going to have to wait to hear how comfortable after these commercial messages. <laughs> You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420 The Answer. I'll be right back. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. There have been a number of releases of late where we are seeing substantive investigative works of journalism on the 2016 election that blindsided the pundit and political classes and gave us President Trump. Selena Zito and Brad Todd in their remarkable book titled The Great Revolt have shifted the focus from candidate Trump to the voters who elected him president, creating the electoral earthquake of 2016. So did Dan Balls in the Washington Post. All of this on the seismic shift in Pennsylvania, Michigan. Iowa, Wisconsin, and yes, Ohio. We're starting to get a more nuanced picture of the why behind this quake. The key theme is status, a fundamental conviction that elites of L.A., Silicon Valley, Manhattan, and Washington were a collective fixed sneer towards their lessers between the coasts. Midwestern swing voters felt, to use the cliche from sports, disrespected. This is the real story of 2016. I'm Hugh Hewitt. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. The Army National Guard is committed to keeping the country safe and our communities secure. 
composed of hundreds of thousands of citizen soldiers from all walks of life. And in every corner of America, the Guard is always ready to respond to local or national emergencies. The Army National Guard reacts to domestic operations in each of America's 54 states and territories, including Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, Guam, and the District of Columbia. Each state National Guard's unique domestic role is to act as the first line of defense in support of civil authorities in their state. The Guard's emergency responses include search and rescue missions for floods, combating wildfires, hurricane and tornado recovery, and the presidential inauguration. The Army National Guard. We are always ready. We are always there. And in every state and territory, we stand guard for our communities. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. From an idea that started in 1967, Our Lady of the Wayside has grown to serve almost 900 children and adults with developmental disabilities throughout Northeast Ohio. It's an operation that is still growing thanks to tremendous support and generous donations like the Wayside's Car Donation Program. You can donate your ride to the Wayside for a great tax write-off by calling 1-800-368-6262. The Wayside is also looking for people to join their team. They hire for attitude and train for skills. Visit thewayside.org to apply today. Do you have one of those bathrooms that are old, outdated, or impossible to keep clean? Well, there's a new revolutionary product that transforms most baths in about two days. And it isn't a one-size-fits-all system either or a Band-Aid over the top of your old bath. Joyce Factory Direct specializes in bath makeovers where they completely remove your old, dreary shower tub and replace it with a new custom-fit solution. The result is a brand-new, sophisticated, and stylish bathroom at a great price. Joyce Factory Direct's bath makeovers system uses 100% non-porous acrylic, which means it'll stay beautiful for years to come because mold or mildew cannot accumulate. Their experts will help you with designing and choosing between different showers or tubs which are available in dozens of colors and styles, including faux marble, granite, and tile. And like all Joyce Factory Direct products, it's built and guaranteed to last. Call now to schedule your free bath makeover appointment, 440-243-5700, or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. And we're back. Hey, if you'd like to call in, 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. Yeah, we're just talking about a whole ton of things today. Feel free to offer up a subject for us. The uh, I was talking about a, a particular strategy that I really like a lot. This thing fits my personality so well. Actually, it fits one of my personalities. I have uh, multiple personalities, uh, not in a bad way. Actually, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that in just a second. But before I do that, I got to bring Dan on. And I think, uh, hey, Dan, are you there? Yes, I am, Bill. Good morning to you. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I'm sitting here watching one of God's wonderful little animals that doesn't have very many brains. Ducks are not very smart animals. They're Uh, cute, but they just talk about follow the leader. Yeah. Boy, uh, they uh, they walk right. One walks into trouble. They all walk into trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. And you know what cracks me yeah. up is uh, all those signs that show like the duck crossing. I'm pretty sure the ducks don't know how to read. <laughs> I don't think they do neither. You know that they. Uh, but I'll tell you, sometimes you just you just wonder about them. Yeah. They uh, 
but chickens are kind of smarter. Yeah. They're a lot smarter for some reason. Oh, but you tur- never see chicken crossing signs. Hey, turkeys are super smart. The, uh, are they? Know. Yep, absolutely. You should Google that. See how smart those oh. birds are. Yeah, that was a, a that's a big misnomer when people used to say, call each other turkey. I mean, that, that was actually a compliment. <laughs> oh, I never realized And, and by the way, the turkey that. came in second behind the bald eagle when they were going to vote for the bird that was going to represent America. Really? It came in number that's two. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, wow. A turkey. And, and by the way, we were, we were almost speaking German because German was the second uh, language you all came up in the voting, too. English ha- happened to beat them out by a little bit. Wow. But, yeah, yeah, it's amazing, it's all the kind of stuff that's out there. Yeah. What's really amazing yeah. is all the uh, all the history at the Cleveland Grays Museum. <laughs> yes, there is. Speaking of which, it's two weeks from this Saturday, June 2nd, uh, the cornerstone celebration for the Cleveland Grays, celebrating their 125th year at that location at 1234 Bolivar, right across from uh, Playhouse Square. Yep. And we'll be, uh, we have an open house from 12 to 4. We'll be doing tours of the building. And if people have ever been down to the Playhouse Square and they look at that big red castle building on the corner of 14, that is us. And a lot of people don't realize that. No, I, you know, I passed that for decades. And I always thought, what? They built a castle down here (laughs) and nobody knows what it is. And then uh, I, I happened to come across. I think it was Joe Andriolo that uh, said, hey, you should come on to the Cleveland Grays. And oh, where is that? It's that building that looks like a castle. And I was like, really? Yeah, yeah. I've, I'm dying to go in and see what that looks like. And uh, that's how cool is that? It's a free event. How many things can you do for free anymore? Exactly. And the, the building uh, actually built 125 years ago. Uh, it had the first Cleveland Symphonic Orchestra. Uh, played there for the very first time. The first auto shows in the city of Cleveland were there. Sousa, uh, Sousa used to direct the. Uh, yes. Yeah. That. Yeah. It's. It is. There is so much history in that building. It's such a phenomenal Cleveland landmark. And uh, you know, and again, it, it's free. The thing that really amazes me is when you go in and you look at the woodwork in there that was all made in the late 1800s. It was all made by hand. <laughs> yes, it's fantastic, and we and, it, and there's three floors, so it, it's a very, very neat place to uh, to tour. And we're going to be open for tours that Saturday, June second, from twelve to four. And uh, along that, we are going to have a bunch of other people down there to help celebrate us. The National Guard will be there, the USS Cod, and the Western Reserve uh, Theatrical Organ Society will be playing their Willitzer organ. Oh, wow. Which goes back to about 1910, yep. which kids don't realize before the talkies came around that uh, right. when you went to the movie theater, there was no sound, so they had an organ that played played the music you know, according to the yeah. motion picture, and we right. have one of those there, and they will be putting on performances throughout the day from 12 to 4. So Yeah, I, I think you got to go down there. And by the way, you're thinking about getting married. The hall's available for that as well. So this would be a good chance to go in and really take a good look at that. Oh, it's tremendous for uh, weddings because of the different floors we have. Our drill floor can hold 400 people. 
Yeah. So, you know, we, we can do large and small events because the second and third week we do smaller events up, uh, up on the second and third floor. So we're always open for uh, uh, weddings, meetings, uh, concerts, small concerts, uh, charitable uh, organizations come in and have their functions there. So the building is getting more and more use and getting more and more recognition. Yeah. But after 125 years in that location, yeah. I'm that, glad to see it happening. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And like I told you last week, the Federal Reserve is going to be there with a the war bond exhibit. So yep. we even talked them into coming down to take a look. And this whole thing you know, is free. And, and when is it again? Uh, June 2nd uh, from 12 to 4. Okay. And that's a Saturday, correct? And it is a Saturday. It's two weeks from today. And if anybody wants more information about the Cleveland Grays, they can go to uh, uh, graysarmory.com mm-hmm. and look us up because during the year we have a speaking circuit where we have a variety of speakers that come in for free and do a lot of different presentations. And we have a hashtag now, and the hashtag would be downtown castle. Oh, yeah, that's pretty neat. That's awesome. Yeah, so we're we're trying to get ourselves out there a little bit. We're yeah. too too well kept secret. Yep. We gotta let more people know about us. Absolutely. Well, hey, thanks for calling in again and uh talking about this. And uh let's call let's do it again next week and uh we'll hope for a big turnout there. It is a really good event and I can't believe it's free. I, if people will enjoy themselves. It's, it, it it will be um it, it it is a building to, to be seen. And yep. you know, in fact like there's I think we're in like the top three is all this organizations and buildings in the city of Cleveland. Oh, neat. You know, Old Stone Church, I think, has been around a little bit longer than us, but right. there hasn't been, there isn't too many organizations or buildings older than we are, so right. yeah. people will appreciate it when they come see us. Yeah. Cool. Uh, once again, I thank you for having me on, Phil, and uh, you have a good week. Thanks, you too. Thanks for calling. We'll talk okay. to you next week. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks. Thank you. And I'm going to go right to Carl. Carl, you have a question or comment? Yeah, hi, Bill. So, yeah, I wanted to get your thought on uh, AT&T stock. What do you think it's a buy at these prices? Um, I own it because it's in one of my models. Okay, so if it's in the model, then it's in my portfolio. So I, I, don't, uh, I wouldn't say I, I own a lot of it because it only makes up about uh, 2%. And I'm really getting some feedback here. I don't know what's going on. Oh, are you? On, are we on speaker? I'm in my car. I'm talking to you through the Bluetooth. Oh, okay. Car. Yeah, that, that's that's what's doing it. Um, it. We're getting a little bit of interference here, but uh, AT&T is okay as a holding. Uh, I don't really have an opinion on it. Actually, my opinion's not uh, not that high on uh, the telecommunications companies because Google is coming in and uh, Google's going to change that entire industry. And uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that, but but I own it in one of the portfolios. It's just not a big position for me. So, and the reason that it's in there is because of the dividend yield. Yeah, that's what I find kind of attractive at this point right now. Yeah, just don't put more than two percent of your money in there, though. You know, okay, so, so very you, good. Okay, all right, thanks. Thank you, Thank you Bill. Yep. Bye. Yeah, the uh, uh, yeah, I own uh, it. It's in my high dividend model, and uh, yeah, and that that's see that's part of the discipline. Um, an awful lot of people will say, "Well, you must not really like it that much." Well, actually, I'm just running the model, 
Now, the model is designed to do a certain thing. Uh, it's actually designed to buy the highest dividend yielding stocks in each of their sectors. And there are 44 stocks in that whole model. So I've got less than 2% in each one of those stocks. And that does not make up more than 20% of my stock portfolio. So if AT&T doesn't do well, it's really not going to hurt me that bad. In the meantime, it's paying a 6% dividend. Now, that's how you win by not losing too much. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what AT&T is going to do. I can tell you that that industry is really undergoing through some major change. And in the end, I think it's good. I think that some big, large companies are actually going to go away over the next few years. I don't know who they are. And if I did, I would uh, try to avoid them. So in the meantime, as long as they can keep paying the dividend, they'll keep qualifying to stay in that model. Uh, if they ever cut the dividend or if the share price goes up so much that the dividend yield drops really low, it will be out of the model. So I don't have to know what's going to happen in the future because I already have a plan for everything that could happen. And that's called investment planning. <laughs> and investment planning is the second most important part of your financial plan. That's You can write that down and say you heard it here. Investment planning is the second most important part of a financial plan. The first most important part is when you're young, living beneath your means. That's the first most important part. And when you get to the point where you're retired, it's not spending too much so that you spend yourself, uh, you know, that you run out of money. So it's your spending and budgeting is first and foremost. Number two is investment planning. Number three is estate planning. Number four, tax planning. Tax planning is important. It's in the top four. It's not the most important. A lot, of, a lot of planners make the mistake. A lot of uh, tax preparers make a lot of mistakes by saying by focusing too heavily on the taxes. Well, there's there, there comes a point when uh, avoiding paying taxes hurts your investment performance. So if you get another dollar and you have to pay taxes on it, oh, well, you've paid a little bit more in taxes, but it's because you made another dollar. <laughs> Do you understand? You get to keep the rest of that dollar. That's an increase in your income. So you can't let the tax, the tax I guess, tax dog wag the tail or tax tail wag the dog. That's it. A tax tail shouldn't wag the dog. <laughs> oh, that should go up there with some of George Bush's uh, malaise. <laughs> what was that one? I always laugh so hard when I see it. Every once in a while, I need a good laugh. I'll go to YouTube and I'll pull up George Bush when he says, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me, can't fool me again. <laughs> see, he just forgotten, you know, the rest of that thing. Anyway, maybe it wasn't that funny. <laughs> If you'd like to call us, 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. And uh, again, we were, uh, I started off talking about this uh, strategy and, and how strategies really need to make sense for you uh, it, because all strategies sooner or later are going to lag, say, the uh, popular indexes. They won't make as much money in a year or two. In fact, the one that I'm talking about over the past 10 years uh, now, this is in backtesting, by the way, and there's a whole disclaimer on backtesting that's about two minutes long. In fact, 
wait till the end of the show. You'll hear it. <laughs> the uh, But uh, back testing is something you do to try to test something before you put real money into it. Uh, you're going to run some uh, hypothetical examples. And so I went back to 10 years. Actually, I went from 2007 to 2017 because we're not through 2018 yet. And I looked at this and I compared this model where you would take the, the largest 1,500 companies and you take the amount of cash that they, they actually the operating income. So if you're an accountant, you know what that is. If you're not, go to Investopedia. It's a measure, a measure of cash flow. Is it the perfect measure? No, there's no perfect measure. Okay. But I like this one a lot. It's a much, it's much harder to manipulate than earnings are. It's incredibly difficult to manipulate relative to how earnings can be manipulated. Okay. So it gives me a clearer picture, makes it a little easier to compare one company to another. So that's what I'm using. So earnings before income, uh, before interest or taxes, some people call it operating income. And I realize there are some small situations where there is a slight difference. Okay. That doesn't happen that frequently, uh, or frequently enough to make me want to change the formula to adjust for that. So, uh, I will look at each stock and check for that individually before I actually buy these things. But having that, having said that, if you were to take the, uh, EBIT or, uh, um, operating income, the, that's a measure of cash flow, a measure of cash flow. You divide it by the enterprise value, which is the cost of buying the entire business. It converts that into a yield so that you can compare companies against one another on a, a more fair basis. The idea is that you want those that have the highest yields. Pretty simple, right? So out of the 1,500, we're going to take 30. And again, this is just a model. When I first did this, I was using 100 stocks, and I cut it down to 50, and then I decided that I would cut it down to 30. Okay, so you take the top 30 stocks. If you were to do that once every six months, if you had done that over the past, from 2007 to 2017, a 10-year time period, every dollar that you invested, now I'm, I'm not assuming that you paid any fees. Fees would reduce this by whatever the fees are. Okay, But uh, just to see if it works... I did it without the fees and a dollar would be $3 and 42 cents today or would have been $3 and 42 cents. So I got to come back and finish the rest of that. After these commercial messages, you're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. The answer stay tuned. Cause I will be right back. This world can be cold and bitter. It feels like we're in the dead of winter. Waiting on something better. But am I really gonna Do you ever find yourself saying, I need a vacation? Vacation Fixation can help. At Vacation Fixation, we specialize in all-inclusive trips and cruises to Mexico, the Caribbean, and Disney vacations. Why choose us? Our clients book through Vacation Fixation because they are frustrated with online trip brokers and timeshare scams. Whether it's a weekend getaway, a family trip, spring break, or honeymoon, Vacation Fixation will personalize a trip just for you. Want to know the hottest destinations in Cancun, Punta Cana, Jamaica, or Puerto Vallarta? Interested in room upgrades, beach reviews, or details about resort restaurants? 
How about finding a trip with a direct flight? At Vacation Fixation, we take all of your specific travel requests and shop our suppliers to find the best deal. What's the cost? Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook, Vacation Fixation. Bob Vila here with my home improvement tip of the day. How much snow on the roof is too much? That depends a lot on the way your roof was constructed. Steep and smooth roofs tend to shed snow easily, while roofs that are only slightly pitched or flat tend to collect big drifts. Another important factor is the weight of the snow. Removing a heavy snow load can be tricky. If you have a multi-story house, you'd best not be climbing up and down icy cold ladders to dizzying heights. Better to leave that to licensed insured pros who have the right equipment to get the job done right. On the other hand, if you have a single-story home, you can use a long telescoping snow rake to pull snow off the roof. One caution, though, rakes that come into contact with shingles can do a lot of damage, so look for sturdy models with small rollers that keep the edge of the rake away from the shingles. Finally, before you start pulling snow off the roof, put some thought into where the snow is going to land. You don't want to damage your plants. Get more info at BobVila.com and right here at home with me, Bob Vila. We will never fully understand what we've asked of our military service members, of their families, or their children, asking them to deploy, patrol, stay on watch, on point, asking them to put themselves in harm's way, to endure it all. But we do understand that it's our turn, our duty, to bring them all the way home, to keep them secure, to have their backs for the rest of their lives. Wounded Warrior Project long-term support programs do whatever it takes to help our most severely ill or injured veterans live independently at no cost for life so that they might stand at ease. Find out how you can help at findwwp.org. Looking for a great way to save on taxes? Look no more. Just call Our Lady of the Wayside at 1-800-368-6262 and ask about their car donation program. It's simple and it works for everyone involved. You donate your ride, you write off the selling price, and the money goes to help the physically and mentally challenged citizens served by Our Lady of the Wayside. The number to call, 1-800-368-6262. Well, you want more, so get more. Donate your ride to Our Lady of the Wayside. And we're back. <clears throat> hey, if you've got a question, you can always call us today, 216-901-0945. Or you can email me, bill at bullingtoncapital.com. Or you can go to my website at bullingtoncapital.com. Click on the contact us page. Uh, we will be glad to try to get you get back to you yeah, as quick as we can. And uh, other than that, uh, we haven't uh, actually set a new seminar date yet. We will get that up here sometime this week. And, uh, you know, we're kind of always focusing on uh, investment management, trying to improve ourselves constantly, uh, building new models, the uh, testing old ones. A lot of the old ones, by the way, um, boy, they've really kicked back in. 
in uh, so over the past few months. So that's that's been uh, a sight for sore eyes because I can tell you, every single investment model you can think of is going to lag the market at some point in time. They all do. In fact, the one that I was just talking about, the one that I really like a lot, I'm really comfortable with this model. It makes me feel really good to manage my money this way, even though six out of the last 10 years, it lagged the market. Six out of the last, so 60% of the time, it lagged the market. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Almost all strategies will lag the market at least 50% of the time or so, and that's normal. That's absolutely normal. But if you didn't know that, then you'd probably be upset by that. And being upset is not a good way to invest. It's really difficult to maintain your composure when something's happening that you did not expect. And when, you, when something happens that you didn't expect, you, you're normally getting a little upset. And that boils up long enough and people will uh, abandon it. In fact, this strategy, over the last, oh, the four years, 2014 through 2017, three out of the four years, it underperformed. And if you didn't know that that could happen, that would make you incredibly upset. Now, it, it didn't underperform by a lot. And some people think it, it does. You know, market's up. Uh, whenever the market's up, I don't know. Here, let's, let's take a look here. No, actually... Yeah, you're down eight point eight and a half percent in 2015, and the market's up, you know, just under a percent that year. A lot of people are going, "Hey, yeah, like, well, well, you know, that's actually normal." <laughs> they don't want to hear that. Okay, now the next year it came ripping back, uh, and did almost twice what the market did. So that's kind of how that works. Uh, that's just how that works. Every portfolio manager that's ever had a better long-term track record than the market indexes has underperformed two, three years in a row, typically more than once, sometimes for even longer than that. So yeah, the market is going to test your patience. It's going to test your patience. That's why it's really important to know really well uh, your strategies. What are you doing? And if you don't, you know, that if you have an advisor and you're upset, call them, talk to them. If you're one of my clients, call me and uh, or call her and and talk to us because I'm sure there's probably a really good, reasonable explanation. And it's just that you're not aware of it because they don't really teach this. Uh, this is still not being taught in business school. This is still not being taught in the portfolio management schools because I have kids going to college that are asking me, kids in grad school that are asking me, like, wow, you guys, they're still not getting around to this? Yeah, why aren't they doing that? <laughs> I guess you probably have to become a CFA to to be able to do that. By the way, a CFA is kind of like a CPA, except it's in investing, and um, and and a lot of the stuff that they're teaching, incidentally, um, is uh, doesn't work that well in the real world. But you get enough education there that you can figure out what does. Okay, so in defense of that program, they do teach you enough to be able to go out and uh, build models intelligently. And I think if, if you're running millions of dollars, if you've got uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to manage, you can't do models like the one I'm talking about right now. It's, it's not going to work for you. You're, you're too big. Uh, so these models generally work best for people who aren't dealing with 
hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, if you are b- dealing with hundreds of millions of dollars, if you're a foundation or an endowment out there, then, yeah, you're going to have to use some other strategies. And by the way, there are lots of great strategies out there. None of them beat the market every year. Uh, the, the various categories have a tendency to perform well at the same time together. Look at anything that's got the word momentum in it over the past 18 months. Just check it out. Do yourself a favor. If you're out there screening through mutual funds or ETFs, use the ones with mo- put momentum in your search and look at the performance of those. It's been in favor. Now, go past the last 18 months to the two years prior to that. You're going to wish you'd never heard of those. <laughs> and that's just the way it goes. They were, in the, uh, they were out of sync or just out of their cycles. Uh, the cycles have kicked back in, and now they're doing incredibly well. So it's just a cyclical thing. And if you really knew a lot about financial markets, you would know that. And, you know, one other thing I I wanted to kind of talk about today, um, we do financial planning at Bullington Capital Management, typically focuses around retirement planning. And uh, the plans that uh, that I like to uh, construct for people are generally pretty simple. Now, some people like to take a look at things on a granular level. They like to take a look at every expense in the household, uh, put it down in a spreadsheet, track it. Uh, extremely closely. And, you know, I, I, I appreciate that. It's not the, uh, the way that I like to do planning. I'd rather do goal-based planning. Say, okay, I'm going to let you do the budget. And once you've got your budget, um, and I'm going to tell you based on the assets you have under management and how much risk you want to take, what you can afford. So now you can take that budget, and if it fits within that, that's great. If it doesn't fit within that, you're going to have to go back and change your budget because you can't, or you can, I can, we can increase the risk to try to increase the returns. That's generally not a great idea, um, but at least you would know. Now, actually, doing that budget is not something that I'm really fond of doing. We can do it, and if we do it, it's, it's expensive. Yeah, because you're taking, uh, it takes a lot of time to do that stuff, and, and we've got to do that. So we're going to do that together. Now, there is a, a firm out there uh, that does a great job at, at doing that kind of stuff that really likes to do it, and it's called the Estate Planning Team. And they have a show on this station, comes on early in the morning, and they really like that. They call it cash flow planning. That, that's what we all call it. You know, let's, what if I wanted to take this vacation in 2019 in July. <laughs> and those guys will do that. You know, they've got their own proprietary software. They built it themselves. The, uh, and, and they'll do that. Uh, if we do it, it's going to be more expensive than if they do it. And that's, so I'm, I'll just tell you, we, we do that type of planning. It's just that we don't have a lot of people that actually really need it. And for those people that, that do really, really want that, I'm going to tell you that the uh, state planning team is going to be less expensive than we are. So you might want to give them a call. And uh, um, like I said, I, I've looked about at it. I've thought about it. it it's, retirement planning is nowhere near as difficult as the College for Financial Planning wants to let you believe it is. The, uh, yeah, you have to take into account an awful lot of things. But you know what? In the long run, you can't plan for every thing that's going to happen in your life. It just doesn't work that way. So your plan has got to be kind of flexible. 
If you're not building flexibility into the plan, which means that you're going to take some of the details and go, okay, well, if that happens, then you know we've got this much wiggle room in the plan. But you can't say, okay, I'm, I'm going to die, you know, September 18th, 2047, and that's the date. <laughs> because you just don't know that. I mean, hopefully you don't know that. I don't know what, <laughs> what yeah, well, I'll leave that alone. But uh, there are lots of things that can happen that you just can't plan for. So you, you, you try to do the best you can. Uh, medical expenses are extremely high, going higher. They, uh, they're outpacing inflation by a wide um, dollar amount, wide margin. So you, you factor that into your budget. That goes into your budgeting. Okay. And uh, here's, a, here's a really good tip for you. Whatever you're living on now, you can probably live on 80 to 85% of that without cutting back on your lifestyle. If so, if you don't know how to budget, stake your current income, multiply it by 80 and that will be the, uh, you could live on that without impacting your lifestyle that much. And I know a lot of people are going, wait a minute, 80%, that's a 20% cut. Um, you will not be paying Social Security at that point in time, uh, which is going to be about 7.5%. And and if you're self-employed like I am, it's 15%. So 80% is probably too high for me. It is too high for me. The, uh, um, I have to pay 15% of my income. Social Security. Uh, well, not all of it, but because uh, it caps out at a certain level. So, but that being said, uh, you're also saving some money. So, if you take that out, you're not going to be saving anymore. You're going to be spending. Okay, you take that out, the vast majority of people can get by on 80%. Now, everybody's going to be a little bit different. So, that's something that we would do in a planning meeting is discuss that. And I guess we're going to have to discuss that on a different show because the music telling me the show is over is playing. <laughs> so you're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon, 14, 20. The answer, go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com, to contact us if you'd like to. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report. Broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. 
Are your bones and joints as strong and as healthy as you would like? Quantum Nutrition Labs has two key supplements for you. Bone and Joint Support promotes healthy bones, joint function, and connective tissue. And our D3 Gold is essential for bone growth, mineralization, and the absorption of calcium. For a limited time, buy two bottles, get the third one free. Call 888-588-7578. That's 888-588-7578. Or visit us online at qnlabs.com. That's qnlabs.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Bob Marshall, PhD, host of Healthline. Tune in to get your questions answered and hear the latest breakthrough information for you and your family. Our product line, Quantum Nutrition Labs, delivers what others only promise, nutrition that really works. Listen to Healthline with Dr. Bob Marshall, Saturdays at noon on AM 1420. The Answer. If you care about what you eat, you read labels. Seems like the more bad stuff they take out, the more you get charged. Make a $4 product organic? $6. Gluten-free? Don't even go there. Go to Brandless.com, where all the good stuff is just $3. Brandless has better everything for everyone, all $3. Labels that are clear and simple to understand at a price that will make you smile. Brandless.com. Start building your Brandless box today and get free shipping on your first order at Brandless.com. At Dell, we know running a small business takes hard work. As a thank you, for all of Small Business Month, we're offering up to 40% off select PCs with 8th-gen Intel Core processors and special financing with Dell Business Credit. Call 877-BY-DELL to speak with a small business technology advisor today. That's 877-BY-DELL. Special financing available to qualified business customers when using Dell Business Credit. Go to dell.com slash promos for details. Okay, so the big question for any decision you're going to make, is this actually going to work? Well, if you've heard about MediShare, which is a brilliant way of sharing healthcare costs, you may have wondered that. Does it work? Well, so did Dr. Stuart Hoover, who initially joined to save a lot of money. The typical family saves about $500 a month. Stuart saved even more. When we first joined uh, MediShare, we were immediately going from a little over $1,600 a month down to uh, $460 basically a month. So that's wonderful, but then his wife needed emergency surgery and the bills added up to $160,000. So we were seeing the bills 